Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Good morning. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Good. I haven't seen you in a long time. I know I haven't seen you in a long time either. And it's like the sun hasn't <laughs> oh been shining gosh, over the horizon stop, of my life. Stop, stop, stop. Yes. Okay, anyways, Eric was out of town this weekend. We'll get to that. But we did see each other last night. We did. But it was kind of crazy. Um, okay, so let's kind of recap. Let's see. Last week I missed class. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was with Sam at at uh, one of his official visits here yeah. in here lo- locally at UIW yep, Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word. Mm-hmm. So I got to meet. All, well, I've met the coaches many times, but I got to meet them all again and have dinner and all the things. And he yep. did his photo shoot, and then I left him there, right. uh, staying at a hotel with the for the visit. And I came home, and then you picked him up the next morning and flew out morning, to West right? Point. And we flew out to West Point, mm-hmm. so just got back from that. Uh, Last night around five o'clock or so, great visit. I tell you, it was wonderful too because they flew us uh, into. Um, they, they put us up on a hotel um, the old first night, on, right right on Times Square, the yes. Marriott on Times Square. So like you walk out the front door and you're in Times Square, and there's the where the ball drops. So it was great. You know, Sam and I got like a little. Uh, we took a little walking tour. You know, it was late at night, obviously, but. You know, we got to see the Chrysler Building, uh, Grand Central, Empire State Building. Yeah, you had uh, this video. There was Center. somebody like preaching there. There was some guy talking yeah, about Mary. Know, yeah, so Times Square, there's all kinds of lunatics there. And so there's, <laughs> uh, you know, there was a street preacher talking about, you know, how the Catholics are cultists. Oh my gosh. And then he was being swarmed by like trans activists. And then there was people <gasps> dressed up in like knockoff Elmo costumes. Yeah, and, I saw yeah, somebody in like a Transformer crazy. costume yeah, in your then, video. It's it's just nuts. So I haven't crazy. been there for yeah. a long. I think I've only been there once or twice, but it's been a long time. Yeah, but it was great. So that was fun. I mean, obviously, it's, it's something that you know a Bernie boy has never seen in his life. So right. That, that was really cool. Right. We really enjoyed walking around there. And then yeah. next day, we went up to West Point for a nice long three day visit. Had a great time mm-hmm. there. Beautiful place. I'd never. Uh, well, I had never. I, I didn't realize how beautiful it was. Yeah. So really I've exciting. Seen some visit. videos and pictures. Yeah, he's not going to announce until right. Wednesday what his plan is. Well, yeah. that's that's the plan. He's sort of wavering a little bit. Maybe he will tell beforehand. But right now, the plan is at his signing on Wednesday morning, he will yeah. announce. And I think it's signing day, right? So it's kind of a national. Yeah, thing. it's a national signing right. day. We've got three. We've only got three at Bernie um, because most kids have done this earlier like mm-hmm. this is the late this is the last signing so uh we got three kids signing at bernie um and that's gonna be fun yeah yeah so it'll be really cool mm-hmm. but it's been a busy couple of weeks here oh my goodness because on top of that so when sam and i were in west point you were leading the women's retreat yeah yep yeah. we had a great day a good. great day it was good. called the good way and I hear the speaker was very oh, good i don't know about that but that's anyways okay thank you yes. um it was very it was it was a very good turnout very fun we had a great musician come in from alabama who's a um daughter of one of our members mm-hmm. and it was excellent yes yeah. it was really good everything worked out other than the heat we yeah. continue to struggle with you. the heating system at our church even though we work and work and work at it it was like cold in the sanctuary in the morning. It was super hot in the sanctuary in the afternoon, but people were nice about it and yeah. we, we managed to figure it out. Well, I'm hoping, you know, so the, the last two weeks we've been in the process of installing a new control system. Mm-hmm. 
And so I'm hoping that once that control system is well and truly in place, that these kind of things will no longer well, be let's hope so. It's a constant battle. And there's a pain in the neck, I, know. I tell you. Oh, and then finally, um, our daughter Sophia is literally just landing in London. Or she yeah, landed in she London a few. a couple hours ago, yeah. right? So she's, um, she's got a week-long break. They do a weird schedule at St. Olaf where they take a January class, a J-term. So she's just been in her J-term, and then they get a week off mm-hmm. before spring semester, mainly because their Christmas break is quite short. But uh, she and a friend from Bernie here uh, decided to go to London. She's got a little money from a signing bonus of her new job that she'll start this mm-hmm. summer. So she... Loves to travel after being in Germany there for yeah, her semester. She, she loves to Absolutely. travel. So she is in London. Yeah, so that's, that's fun. Great. Yeah. And I said to her, I said, you know, now, Sophie, this isn't like, you know, you know, London in January, February is going to be kind of cold. <laughs> and she said, well, Dad, it's going to be 50 degrees warmer in London than it is in Minnesota. And oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like negative right. two or right. something so, in Minnesota. So she, she knows so what she's she'll doing. She'll have a great time. I okay. hope she enjoys herself. Good. Well, we are, I missed the class, so you're mm-hmm. going to have to just carry on. Plus, it's like history that I do not think oh, is interesting at history. all. The history of the divided kingdom. Let's see if you can make this interesting. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, for what it's worth, on, on this tour of West Point, the historical site, there were plaques everywhere, and I was like, I was trying to read stuff. I know. Yeah. You probably loved yeah, that. I did. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Yeah, so the Divided Kingdom, right? Okay, so the Divided Kingdom. So we are now in uh, Crossways Chapter 17. So a little, you know, review of where we have been. Uh, so the last uh, the last um, podcast, last episode, we were looking at Solomon. Mm-hmm. And so Solomon was, you know, his reign was the golden age in the history of Israel. That his father David had consolidated the 12 tribes into one kingdom. And then building upon that foundation, Solomon built up the kingdom to the height of its uh, power of its prosperity, of its prestige, you know, the, the kingdom geographically was as big as yep. it was as the was as big as it would ever get. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the he secured the land and the sea trade routes, wealth just flowed in and through the kingdom. And then using that wealth he built all kinds of building projects, the most important of which is of course, you know, Solomon's temple. Right. So that was the height of things, the golden age of Israel. But there was also this this hint that things were not going mm-hmm. so well because you know, Solomon built it on the backs of his people. Yeah. Uh, literally, he had forced labor. He uh, conscripted his people uh, to to labor in the quarries and cutting uh, cutting wood and things like that. Um, so when Solomon died, there's this time when uh, when the people come together. So his son Rehoboam takes over, uh, and the, and um, and the people say to him, uh, say to Rehoboam, you know, your your father made life hard for us, but I tell you what. If you make life easier, we will serve you and serve you well. Right. Uh, but uh, Rehoboam was a foolish man, you know, kind of a, a spoiled prince. Hmm. I wonder what that reminds me of. Hmm. I don't know. Well, you know, Prince Harry. I mean. Oh, I honestly had no idea where oh. you were going. I thought you were going to talk about one of our kids no, or something. No, of course not. Prince Harry. Prince yes. Harry, well, he's. Twit. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Some people like him. I don't know. Anyways. Now you really Those made some people, people are wrong. Yeah, That's it, all I'm saying. Okay. So anyway. Some people do like him. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Uh, so, you know, Rehoboam uh, made a bad decision, and he doubled down. He said, you know, my father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Mm. And the people said, forget that. And so the kingdom broke into two, never to be reunited again. Okay, so, and so what year are we talking about here? Uh, so this is 922. That's 922, right. 922 BC. BC. 922 BC. So the divided kingdom begins. Right. Okay. So the divided kingdom begins, and it's and the two sides are never reunited again. So they're, hmm. it's, uh, it's kind of the fall. So... It splits into two kingdoms, uh, a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And here's where it gets a little confusing. Yes. Because the northern kingdom is called Israel. The southern kingdom is called Judah. 
but they're both uh, they're both God's people. They're both Jewish people. Uh, a good analogy might be in the Civil War or the war between the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you, as or you the war of northern, northern aggression, aggression, as some people call it. Yes. Up at West Point, they had a monument, uh, the War of Rebellion, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> okay. But anyways, that war, you know, you had the, the, northern, the northern states and the southern states. Uh-huh. Uh, both named themselves America, right? mm-hmm. the Confederate States of America, the United States of America. Mm-hmm. But they were different political entities. Well, so too, you have a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Uh, the northern kingdom is called Israel. The southern kingdom is called Judah. But mm-hmm. it's all God's people. They're all the they're, yeah. they're all the Jews. And basically, Judah also included Benjamin, right? Wasn't it yeah. Judah and, and Benjamin, and, right, even Judah though it's only Benjamin, called Judah? But Judah's the bigger tribe, so they, yeah. they got, to name, they got okay. the naming rights. Okay, fine. Right? They yeah. got the naming rights. Um, so the northern kingdom, Israel, uh, is composed of 10 of the 12 tribes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the southern kingdom, Judah, is composed of two of the tribes, Judah and Benjamin. Uh, the nor- Geographically, the northern kingdom is... Uh, more as a wetter climate. So, you know, when you and I were there mm-hmm. on separate trips, uh, the Northern Kingdom is up um, by Caesarea Philippi. Right. You know, up in the mountains, beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, lush, kind of semi-tropical, mm-hmm. you know, really, really a, a beautiful place. Uh, good soil, great crops. The Southern Kingdom is drier. Yeah. So the Northern Kingdom is more farmland. The Southern Kingdom, more ranch land. Uh, the Northern Kingdom was richer because of the, uh, the land could support more. Uh, the southern kingdom was poor. Another northern kingdom was more cosmopolitan. Uh, because the land was better, people tended to live in towns. Uh, the southern kingdom, because the land was poor, they lived in smaller villages. Uh, so the northern kingdom was more cosmopolitan also because it was closer to uh, to neighbors. Mm-hmm. So the southern kingdom, you know, you head south out of Jerusalem, uh, and pretty quick you hit desert. <laughs> and it's, it's desert all the way through, you know, the Sinai Peninsula until you come to Egypt. Right. So it's not there's not a whole lot of neighbors there. Uh, whereas the northern kingdom, you know, you, you head north from there and you hit what is now Lebanon and Syria mm-hmm. and uh, Turkey. So there's lots of neighbors roundabout. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, the northern kingdom was more kind of uh, plugged in, more of a cosmopolitan feel, uh, whereas the southern kingdom was more rural. So these are... They, they so everything things. in the northern kingdom was better, basically. Yeah, but well, the southern kingdom is like chosen, right? Right. right. And the reason it's chosen... Uh, is, is for two reasons. One is because the southern kingdom, even though the the tribes are divided, the southern kingdom uh, is ruled by the tribe of Judah, the mm-hmm. house of David. Mm-hmm. And of course, God made his promise to the house of David that one of his descendants would sit on the throne forever. So the southern kingdom was very stable. Okay. Um, it lasted from 922 to 587, which is about 340 years. A long time, you know, that's longer than America's been around. Wow. So that's that's a long time. Mm-hmm. And that entire time it was ruled only by one family, the House of David, the dynasty of David. Mm-hmm. So very, very stable. Even it was poor, it was still very, very okay. stable. Uh, by contrast, the Northern Kingdom uh, was ruled, you know, lasted 200 years, which again is a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost as long as American history, a very long time. Right. Um, but it was very unstable. Yeah. So there were nine different dynasties uh, each dynasty succeeded the other by a, a coup, a military coup mm-hmm. marked by assassination. So it was just a bloody, unstable uh, uh, dynasty. Uh, and then finally, the most important thing for the Bible is that the northern kingdom is condemned and the southern kingdom uh, receives sometimes praise, sometimes not praise, but at least it gets some praise. Some praise. <laughs> uh, so the northern kingdom is universally condemned. Got and it. the reason it's condemned is because of where they worship talks about the sin of Jeroboam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the sin of Jeroboam was that uh, when the kingdoms divided, the first king of the north, Jeroboam, he said to himself, well, you know, if these people keep going down to Jerusalem to worship in Solomon's temple, 
their loyalties will remain in Jerusalem. Their loyalties will remain with the house of David. And my time on the throne is limited. So mm. he built two shrines, put two golden calves in them, said to the people, these are your gods who brought you up out of Egypt. Uh, and the people worship there. So, okay. so he introduced idolatry and made that kind of the state religion. Got it. That's called the sin of Jeroboam. Uh, and because of that, uh, the northern kingdom is all universally condemned by the, by, by, by the Bible. The southern kingdom, uh, which lasted much longer, uh, the kings were, uh, some of the kings get, you know, really positive reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, others of the kings, not so much. Not so much. Uh, but the, what the, the determining factor is uh, the phrase is, and he, he walked in the ways of his father, David. Right. Uh, which means that they worship one God in one place. Okay. That they, uh, they, they don't fall for the Baals. They don't fall for the, the other gods, the nations around about them. They worship only the Lord God of Israel, and they worship him in Jerusalem at Solomon's temple. So that's really the dividing uh, the key thing. As long as they do that, they get a, a biblical thumbs up. Okay, good. Like Hezekiah, or who would some Hezekiah, of those be? Hezekiah, Josiah. Okay, yeah. Um, who are some of the others? Uh, Amaziah, jo- Jehoshaphat. Some of them are okay. Hezekiah. Yeah. So they, they get the thumbs up. Okay. So that's kind of the, the key outline there. And it's hard when you read it. This. this it's is, so uh, hard to get through it in uh, the Bible, actually. Yeah, this is First and Second Kings. Yeah. Of course, the books are called Kings because it's you know the story of the kings. Right. Um, but it's very difficult because the the way the Bible narrative works, it goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. So at first it'll talk about so-and-so, the king of the north. And then when it's done with him, it'll go up to the south and it'll say, okay, well, in the fourth year of King Uzziah of the north, you know, King Jeroboam began to reign. And then it'll tell you about tell that you king about of the that. south yeah. until he dies. And then it goes back to the north. And so it keeps going back and forth and back and forth, kind of bounces back and forth between the two. Right. And then you've got like the prophetic books which talk yes. about the different kings so then you got to figure all which prophets were prophesying about which king it's it's complicated it's very complicated and so the big takeaway that i wanted my people to get on wednesday mm-hmm. was that this is the framework so this historical framework mm-hmm. you got two kingdoms yep. uh, that are divided you know a northern kingdom a southern kingdom um, the northern kingdom lasts 200 years to 722 the southern kingdom lasts 340 to 587 and just you know, keep those big pictures in yep. mind because this is going to be the framework, really, for the rest of the Old Testament. Uh, you know, from where we are in Kings, right, through all the history books, and then through all the prophetic books. This is basically the rest mm. of the Old Testament, right. with a couple minor exceptions. Yeah, you know, but like this, this is you kind of have to just know the you don't have to know all the details. No, but just kind of know the big picture stuff. Yeah, well, that's good big picture yeah. stuff. Uh, and so um, you mentioned the prophets. So what happens is. Um, during this, during these uh, centuries, uh, when the the various kings come up and then you know reign and, and pass away, mm-hmm. uh, during the centuries, there uh, God has given His people kings, but God also rules His people through the prophets. Right. And as I mentioned in the class, this then will become very important for us as Americans because when the founding fathers put together a constitution, this was one of the things they had in mind: was the rule of the prophets that there should be a check and balance on the power of the Mm, king. mm -hmm. Uh, This is also behind the separation of church and state, that when it functions well, the church is not subservient to the state or a department of the state, but has independence and can speak into the state and correct it. Mm. So that's the idea behind the separation of church and state, was this division of prophet and king. Mm -hmm. Uh, So God would give his people kings, and if and when the kings would go astray, God would raise up prophets and the prophets would come and speak to the kings, try to correct the kings, call them back, uh, and call God's people back to the worship of the Lord. Hmm. 
So it's during these centuries that, that we have the prophetic, uh, the prophetic uh, books. Mm-hmm. Lots of them. Lots and lots of them, right? And then as, if you look at your timeline, you can see they tend to cluster. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the timeline, the, the prophetic books or the scrolls, they tend to cluster around times of crisis as you know, things um, get bad and, and begin to decline. And God sends the prophets trying to call the people back. Mm-hmm. And I want to look at one today. So this is in 1 Kings 18, a great prophet, the prophet Elijah. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see how this check and balance works. So this is 1 Kings 18, verse 17. Now when Ahab... Bad king of the north. Bad king. You know, the Bible spends more time talking about Ahab than any other king of the north. Yeah, he was very bad. Very bad, right? When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? And Elijah answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have in your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. And so there we get that conflict between mm-hmm. prophet and king, you know, each accusing the other of leading the people astray. Uh, and the prophet saying that, you know, your problem is not just that you're a bad political ruler. Your problem is that you've led the people into idolatry. Mm. Verse 19. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel, where you were. Yep. Uh, the 450 prophets of Baal, the 400 prophets of Asherah, uh, and we'll see who is the Lord. Mm-hmm. So there's this contest on the top of Mount Carmel. Uh, the 850 prophets, you know, of the, the false gods. Um, so they, so each side, the, the false prophets and Elijah, the true prophet, they build an altar. They lay a bull upon it, but they don't light fire. The, the false prophets go first. They get to dance and sing around the Do altar all, all day, things. crying yep. out, Oh, Baal, hear us and answer yep. us. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. Uh, and then Elijah goes uh, next. And Elijah says this. This is uh, <laughs> chapter 18, verse 36. Uh, so 30, yeah, 36. Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are the God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you are God, and that you are turning their hearts back. And so again, the role of the prophet is to correct the king, but it's more importantly to call the people back Mm -hmm. to the worship of God. God always wants his people to come mm-hmm. back. When they repent and go astray, he sends the prophets to call them back. Verse 38. And then fire from the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that's in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And so that's one of the key, key points here uh, throughout these entire chapters, really from, for the rest of the Old Testament. Uh, is that when God's people goes astray, God uh, God calls the prophets to win them back, to try to win their hearts back. And sometimes it works. And sometimes a it lot works. of times it doesn't work. And sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Right. You know, the overall trajectory is down. Yeah. But there are occasional spikes where people, God's people, come back. And this right. is, you know, in our liturgy, we say that we are in bondage to sin, mm-hmm. and we cannot free ourselves. And this yes. is what we mean that yes. we can have good seasons, but overall, we're still sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it should be noted that this idea of the prophet and king, of course, like Jesus is described as both the prophet and the mm. king. So oh, he comes and I didn't wraps them up together. That's good, yeah. Prophet, priest, and king. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Good. So the, the last thing I want to summarize it with, uh, mm-hmm. if people have their Crossways book, it's on page 94.17c. I don't think anybody literally oh, has their Crossways. Probably doing dishes or taking a walk well, when they okay. listen to us. But okay, if you have your Crossways My book. My goodness. <laughs> Everyone's a critic. Uh, the narrative that unfolds in First and Second Kings reflects the spirit of Deuteronomy, 
Namely, God blesses those who obey him, mm. God punishes those who do not, and worship and sacrifice must be offered to God in one place, namely in Jerusalem. Mm. So if we can keep that in mind, that for the, just keep this basic framework in mind, there's two kingdoms, one lasts longer than the other. Um, the southern kingdom is the good guys, the northern kingdom is the bad guys because they, they go astray. Yet God sends prophets even to the northern kingdom, trying to call his people back, trying to win their hearts back. Uh, and when they obey him, uh, then they're blessed. When they disobey him, they're cursed. Mm. Um, and the, the the rule of thumb is if they wor- worship one God in Jerusalem, they get the thumbs up. Thumbs up. All right, so that's kind of it. Well, that was actually, I think you did a very good job well, on that. Thank yes, you. It's, thank yes, you. it was summarized quickly and we get the main gist. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, if you ever have tried to read First and Second Kings, um, you know, it's just kind of a slog. It is kind of slow. It goes back and forth, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. But if just keep the you know kind of, yeah. kind of keep the guardrails mm-hmm. in place, and then you can you can figure out where these prophets fit in. Yeah, that works. So good. Well, thank you. Yes, you're welcome. See, yes. I'm not always a critic. No. Okay. What's what's coming next week? Just so I can prepare. So my next week is chapter life. 18 uh, in the Crossways Manual. And for those of you who have your Crossways <laughs> Manual. Uh, once again, it's a very long chapter. Again, so I told my people just read chapter eighteen. Okay, it's very long. What's read it about? Eighteen. Uh, it's about um, it's about the foreign nations, so the Assyrians oh. and the Babylonians and the Egyptians. Uh, it's at, at this time that the the stage um, broadens, so that it's no longer just focused on the promised land, mm. uh, but now all these international players come in. So it talks about the Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian oh, Empire, yeah. the Egyptian Empire. And how um, the kingdoms of Judah and Israel were pawns on the international stage. Yes, they really were. Well, that's kind of interesting, actually. Oh, so, we'll, fasc- yeah, it's fascinating. fascinating. Okay, fine. It's great stuff. Okay, well, we'll get to that next week. All right. All right.